Chapter 1. The Living World How wonderful is the living world! The wide range of living types is amazing. The extraordinary habitats in which we find living organisms, be it cold mountains, deciduous forests, oceans, freshwater lakes, deserts or hot springs, leave us speechless. The beauty of a galloping horse or the migrating birds, the valley of flowers or the attacking shark evokes awe and a deep sense of wonder. The ecological conflict and cooperation among members of a population and among populations of a community, or even the molecular traffic inside a cell, makes us deeply reflect on what indeed is life. This question has two implicit questions within it. The first one is a technical one and seeks answer to what is living as opposed to the non-living, and second one is a philosophical and seeks answer to what is the purpose of life. As scientists, we shall not attempt answering the second question. We will try to reflect on what is living. 1.1. Diversity in Living World If you look around, you will see a large variety of living organisms, be it potted plants, insects, birds, your pets, or other animals and plants. There are also several organisms that you cannot see with your naked eye, but they are all around you. If you were to increase the area that you make observations in, the range and variety of organisms that you see would increase. Obviously, if you were to visit a dense forest, you would probably see much greater number and kinds of living organisms in it. Each different kinds of plant, animal or organism that you see represents a species. The number of species that are known and described range between 1.7-1.8 million. This refers to the biodiversity or the number and types of organisms present on Earth. We should remember here that we explore new areas and even old ones. New organisms are continuously being identified. As stated earlier, there are millions of plants and animals in the world. We know the plants and animals in our own area by their local names. These local names would vary from place to place. Even within a country, probably you would recognize the confusion that would be created if you did not find ways and means to talk to each other to refer to organisms we are talking about. Hence, there is a need to standardize the naming of living organisms, such that a particular organism is known by the same name all over the world. This process is called nomenclature. Obviously, nomenclature or naming is only possible when the organism is described correctly and we know what organism the name is attached to. This is identification. In order to facilitate the study, a number of scientists have established procedures to assign a scientific name to each known organism. This is acceptable to all the biologists over the world. For plants, specific scientific names are based on agreed principle and criteria which are provided in the International Code for Botanical Nomenclature, ICBN. You may ask how are animals named? Animal taxonomists have evolved International Code of Zoological Nomenclature, ICZN. The scientific names ensure that each organism has only one name. Description of any organism should enable the people in any part of the world to arrive at the same name. They also ensure that such a name has not been used for any other known organism. Biologists must universally accept it principle to provide scientific names to known organism. Each name has two components, the generic name and the specific epithet. This system of providing name with two components is called binomial nomenclature. This naming system given by Carlos Linnaeus is being practiced by biologists all over the world. This naming system using two word format was found convenient. Let us take the example of mango to understand way of providing scientific names better.
the scientific name of mango is written as mangifera indica. Let us see how a binomial name. In this man name, mangifera represents the genus, while indica is a particular species or a specific epithet. Other universal rules of nomenclature are as follows. 1. Biological names are generally in Latin and written in italics. They are Latinized or derived from Ital Latin irrespective of their origin. The first word in a biological name represents the genus, while the second component denotes the specific epithet. 3. Both the words in a biological name, when handwritten, are separately underlined or printed in italics to indicate their Latin origin. 4. The first word denoting the genus starts with a capital letter, while the specific epithet starts with a small letter. It can be illustrated with an example of Mangifera indica. Name of the author appears after the signed specific epithet, that is, at the end of the biological name, and is written in an abbreviated form, for example, Mangifera indica, Lin. It indicates that the species was first described by Linnaeus. Since it is nearly impossible to study all the living organisms, it is necessary to devise some means to make this possible. This process is classification. Classification is the process by which anything is grouped into convenient categories based on some easily observable characters. For example, we easily recognize groups such as plants or animals or dogs, cats or insects. The moment we use any of these terms, we associate certain characters with the organism in that group. What image do you see when you think of a dog? Obviously, each one of us will see dogs and not cats. Now, if we were to think of Alstains, we know that we what we are talking about. Similarly, suppose we were to say mammals, you would of course think of animals with external ears and body hair. Likewise, in plants, if we tried to talk of wheat, the picture in our minds will be of wheat plants and not of rice or any other. Hence, all these dogs, cats, mammals, weeds, rice, plants, animals, etc. are convenient categories we use to study organisms. The scientific term for these categories is taxa. Here, you must recognize that taxa can indicate categories at very different levels. Plants also form a taxa. Wheat also is a taxa. Similarly, animals, mammals, dogs, all are taxa. But you know that dog is a mammal and mammals are animals. Therefore, animals, mammals and dogs represent taxa at different levels. Hence, based on characteristics, all organisms can be classified into different taxa. This process of classification is taxonomy. External and internal structures, along with the structures of cell, development process, and ecological information of organisms, are essential to form the basis of modern taxonomic studies. Hence, characterization, identification, classification, and nomenclature are the processes that are basic to taxonomy. Taxonomy is not something new. Human beings have always been interested in knowing more and more about the various kinds of organisms particularly with reference to their own use. In early days, human beings needed to find sources for their basic needs of food, clothing and shelter. Hence, the earliest classifications were based on the uses of various organisms. Human beings were since long not only interested in knowing more about different kinds of organisms and their diversities, but also the relationships among them. This branch of study was referred to as systematics. The word systematics is derived from Latin, which the word systema, which means systematic arrangement of organism. Linnaeus used systema naturae as the title of his publication. The scope of systematics was later enlarged to include identification, nomenclature, and classification.
systematics takes into account evolutionary relationships among organisms. 1.2 Taxonomic Categories Classification is not a single step, but involves hierarchy of steps in which each step represents a rank or category. Since the category is a part of overall taxonomic arrangement, it is called the taxonomic category, and all the categories together constitute the taxonomic hierarchy. Each category, referred to as a unit of the classification, in fact represents a rank and is commonly termed as taxon, plural taxa. Taxonomic categories and hierarchy can be illustrated by an example. Insects represent a group of organisms sharing common features like three pairs of jointed legs. It means insects are recognizable, concrete objects which can be classified, and thus were given a category or rank. Can you name any other such group of organisms? Remember, groups represent category, category further denotes rank. Each rank or taxon in fact represents a unit of classification. These taxonomic groups, categories are distinct biological entities and not merely morphological aggregates. Taxonomical studies of all known organisms have led to the development of common categories such as kingdom, phylum or division for plants, class, order, family, genus and species. All organisms, including those in the plant and animal kingdoms, have species as the lowest category. Now the question you may ask is, how to place an organism in various categories? The basic requirement is the knowledge of characters of an individual or a group of organisms. This helps in identifying similarities and dissimilarities among the individuals of the same kind of organisms, as well as of other kinds of organisms. 1.2.1 Species Taxonomic studies consider a group of individual organisms with fundamental similarities as species. One should be able to distinguish one species from other closely related species based on the distinct morphological features. Let us consider Mangifera indica, Solanum tuberosum, and Panthera leo. All three animals, indica, tuberosum, and leo, represent the specific epithets, where the first words Mangifera, Solanum, and Panthera are the genera and represents another at higher level of taxon or category. Each genus may have one or more than one specific epithets representing different organisms, but having morphological similarities. For example, Panthera has another specific epithet called Tigris and Solanum includes species like Nigrum and Melangena. Human beings belong to the species Sapiens which is grouped in the Homo genus Homo. The scientific name thus for human being is written as Homo sapiens. 1.2.2 Genus Genus comprises a group of related species which has more characters in common in comparison to species of other genera. We can say that genera are aggregates of closely related species. For example, potato and brinjal are two different species but both belong to the genus Solanum. Lion, Panthera leo, and leopard, Panthera pardus, and tiger, Panthera tigris, with several common features, are all species of the genus Panthera. This genus dif differs from another genus, Felis, which includes cats. 1.2.3 Family The next category family has a group of related genera, with still less number of similarities as compared to genus and species. Families are characterized on the basis of both vegetative and reproductive features of the plant species. Among plants, for example, three different genera, Solanum, Petunia and Datura, are placed in the family Solanaceae. Among animals, for example, genus Panthera comprising of lion, tiger, leopard is put along with genus Felis, 
cats in the family validate. Similarly, if you observe the features of a cat and dog, you will find something, some similarities and some differences as well. They are separated into two different families, Felidae and Canidae respectively. 1.2.4 Order You have seen earlier that categories like species, genus and family are based on number of similar characters. Generally, order and other taxonomic categories are identified based on the aggregates of characters. Order being a higher category is the assemblage of families which exhibit a few similar characters. The similar characters are less in number as compared to different genera included in a family. Plant families like Convolusi, Solanaceae are included in order polynomials based on the floral characters. The animal order Carnivora includes families like Phalidae and Canidae. 1.2.5 Class this category includes related orders. For example, order Primata, comprising monkey, gorilla, and gibbon, is placed in class Mammalia along with other carnivora that includes animals like tiger, cat, and dog. Class Mammalia has other orders also. 1.2.6 Phylum Classes comprising animals like fishes, amphibians, reptiles, birds, along with mammals constitute the next higher, higher category called phylum. All these based on the common features like presence of notochord and dorsal hollow neural system are included in phylum chordata. In such case of plants, classes with few similar characters are assigned to a higher category called division. 1.2.7 All animals belonging to various phyla are assigned to the highest category called kingdom. Kingdom animalia in the classification of animals the kingdom plantae, on the other hand, is the distinct and comprises of all plants from various divisions. Henceforth, we will refer to these groups as animal and plant kingdoms. The taxonomic categories from species to kingdom have been shown in ascending order, starting with species in figure 1.1. These are broad categories. However, taxonomists also developed the subcategories in this hierarchy to facilitate more sound and scientific placement of various taxa. Look at the hierarchy in figure 1.1. Can you recall the basis of arrangement? Say for example, as we go higher from species to kingdom, the number of common characters goes on decreasing. Lower the taxa, more are the characters that are num members within the taxon share. Higher the category, greater is the difficulty of determining the relationship to other taxa at the same level. Hence the problem of classification becomes more complex. Table 1.1 indicates the taxonomic categories to which some organisms like housefly, mango, man and wheat belong.